Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Thank you. Thank you. Once, once a year. Once a year. It's very, very good to see everybody. This is an awesome day. It's, it's awesome for a number of reasons. The primary, we're not going to bury the lead. This is the day we celebrate Jesus resurrecting from the dead. Amen. This, is, this is that day. And so you can be a, a little bit excited, a little bit loud, a little bit more joyous. Uh, go ahead and do that if you're, if you're feeling up to it. And if you're not, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. I, uh-oh. I, I also just want to um, announce there's an engaged couple in our midst. And uh, Alec and Grace, uh, you, you guys want to stand up? Uh, we're, we're so, so stand up. You can stand up. Yeah, yeah. Alec and Grace got engaged. Too. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. It was out of the blue. It was a shock when, when Grace moved here. We, di- we didn't know. Uh, just kidding. So we're, we're, we're so excited at uh, what's to come. We're, we're thrilled uh, that, that Grace is here. Uh, we're thrilled at, at what your, your marriage holds. Uh, it's so much fun. I, I, I'm so excited. Today is the first Easter that the Kalamazoo Church of Christ is able to celebrate together. Yeah. You think about how, how exciting that is. I, I look, and I, I bet you in, in 10, 15 years, 20 years, we're going to look back and we're going to chuckle at this, the hodgepodge group that's just sitting here right now and we'll be uh, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little, a little bit better looking, actually. I, I think we're like, a, right, right, just slowly goes up and we're going to, we're just going to laugh with each other. And I'm, I'm excited about that. We're going to, we're going to talk about all of the fun times. We're going to talk about wearing masks and all of that stuff. And that's going to be long, long in the past in that time. But, but it, but it starts now. So it's, it's super encouraging. You, you guys can open up to First uh, Corinthians 15. We'll be there in a sec. The title of the lesson today is The Best News. Really, this is the the first time I've had the opportunity to speak on Easter. Usually they they let the important ministers speak on Easter. So so, so, so I'm usually usually in the background. So this is is new territory for me, but I'm I'm so thrilled just to be able to to share. And uh, what a fun lesson to do, to talk about Jesus resurrecting from the dead, right? Amen. and so this is, it's 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to really, today what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about what the good news is. Yeah. We'll talk about what the word is. And then a few things that Paul, who, who is writing a few years after Jesus uh, died and rose from the dead, he's, he's writing, I, I really want to see what he identifies as being the gospel or the good news. Yeah. And if we can understand that, I think we'll, we'll have a better idea of what to share with people, but I think we'll have a better appreciation of how it can permeate our lives as well. Amen? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we're in 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll, we'll start, and we'll just read 1 and 2. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this 
gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Pause here. Okay, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and it's going to be more important a little bit later in the lesson, but it's, it's about 50-ish A.D., uh, give or take, 55, 54, some, sometime around there is when he's writing this. We understand Jesus uh, did his, his ministry stuff between sometime between 30 and 36 is when he died and, and rose from the dead, okay? So it's a few years afterwards, and, and Paul is sharing. He said, I want to remind you of this, this gospel that I preached to you, uh, and which you received, and, and this is what you take your stand on. It says, this is the gospel that saves you if you hold firmly to the, the word I preached. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. And this, this word here, uh, the, the word for gospel is this word euangelion. Uh, you, maybe we can all say it together. Uh, one, two, three, euangelion. I made you guys say it because I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. And so if I'm not pronouncing it right, then we all mispronounced it, okay? Yeah. Amen. That's, that's this, this word. The word gospel is euangelion. And this word, prior to uh, these, these guys coming, it had a little bit of a, a different meaning. It was a pretty general term. And then over time, as we started to share, this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the, the important stuff. It became a, a very Christian word. It's, uh, it looks like the word evangelism. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's where we, get, where we get that word, evangelism, from Evangelion. And, and so this good news is vitally important to us. I want to share about what that good news is is. Uh, anyone who calls themselves Christians, this is where we have to take our stand. And, I, and just like, I just want to do a little bit of what Paul did and just remind us of that. It's stuff that many, if not all, have made a decision. We're, we're committed. We're locked into it. Then it's, this is just a reminder and hopefully a very helpful one. Let, let's, let's read about what he identifies then as being uh, this, this gospel. We'll, we'll start in verse 3. It says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Something was given to Paul, and he decided this was, it's just what's been given to me, and this is what I'm going to pass on. And for you and I, it's such a cool thought to think that we received the gospel from somebody, somebody shared it with us, and we have the opportunity to share it. But the cool thing is that somebody shared the gospel with the person who shared it with you, and somebody shared it with them, and I wonder how cool it's going to be one day when we just are able to do this amazing tree and all link back to, to Jesus, of, of this person shared with this person and this person, and there's names we're not going to know, and there's going to be a time where it's, there's not a whole lot going on, and then there's going to be a time where we, we say, well, six people invited the same person and shared with them, and, th and that's great. I'm just excited to look at that tree one day to see us all link back wow. to Jesus. It'll be fun. First, it, it, these are the, the things we gotta, we got to lock into. It says, I, I passed on as first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. 
And, uh, and, and it's so cool. I was, I was just sitting with this reality of Jesus dying uh, this week. And, I, and you think about all of the other people, like you think about individuals in general, and, and we spend so much money trying to live longer, don't we? You can look, and it's one of actually the markers of a successful society is the, the lifespan and the amount of lives lived. And, and we hear, oh, America is raising up and the amount of time we've spent alive on this earth. And it's very, it's very powerful. It's a communication of wealth. It's a communication of that we have stuff and we're understanding what's going on. We spend so much, you know, you, I'm sure there's, there's, uh, there's a bunch of celebrities that have already, you know, they're going to freeze their bodies and all this stuff and, you know, whatever. And then one day maybe they'll be able to, to live, you know, whatever. We spend so much energy and time to, to stay alive. And, and I'm so impressed as that Jesus, Jesus died for our sins. Uh, it's, it's in Philippians 2, verse 8. It says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This thing that we're, we're trying to, we as a society, as a people, are trying to run from death. One of the scariest things, certainly, says Jesus became obedient to it. Then in, in verse 50 of Matthew 27, this is literally Jesus on his, his last breath. It says, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Because nothing was taken. He gave it up. And you think all the time we're spending so much energy as a society to live Longer, it's the mark of what's who's successful. It's a mark of wealth, and it says that Jesus gave up his spirit. It says that he became obedient to death, and this is this is the God that we serve. That is that is that's craziness. All of that, that doesn't make any sense. The the sign of of God's should be immortality. We would think, right? And certainly we know Jesus is immortal, but that's the that's the marker. I was looking up what's the definition of uh, undercase God according to many religions, and immortality is just that's a known thing. They got to be immortal. Yet we're serving a God who became obedient to death, even death on a cross. It says, it's, it's 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Yeah. He, Jesus had all the power, didn't he? He had all the, all, every opportunity to not die. He didn't, in order for him to Die, he actually had to take up our sins because there was, there was no sin, so there was no death inside of him. He had to take it up, and then he died, and then he, we understand he rose from the dead. But what a, what a powerful image that, that instead of grasping for power like you and I might, Jesus decided to, to relinquish his, his power over, over death and allow himself to become obedient to it. This is a miracle. I want to just ask us, where, where are you grasping for power this morning? Is there, is there an area of your life where you are out of control, but, but you're looking to, to gain power? Maybe it's in, it's in a marriage. You're having some, some issues in, in your marriage. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's in the office where you're, you're looking or you're trying to prop yourself up. We can use the example of the cross as, as being what motivates us to not have to achieve power, to not have to pursue power and grasp at what's not ours. Second thing uh, that, that it talks about in, in verse 3, it says, what I received I passed on as of first importance, that he was buried. For myself, I don't know about you, I don't, I don't often realize, I don't spend much time thinking about how vital it is that, that he was buried. Uh, 
it's the the cool thing is I was kind of studying it. It's just it's not some sleight of hand though. Is what I what I left with. It's not some random thing. And and there was a Sherlock Holmes movie a while back where they kind of this is how he could have done it. And the reality is he was he was dead for a series of of days. He was he was in the grave for a series of days. It wasn't some iffy thing. It wasn't a you never know type of situation. And I, I'm I'm inspired that he's writing this to people who would have been alive during that time and would have would have heard it happening for sure, but some who actually had seen it. They're like, yeah, we, we can't deny that. He did die. And the, the the next thing, this is the cool thing. It says, for what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. You know, this this idea of according to the scriptures, I don't know about you, I know a lot of scriptures about Jesus, uh, it being foretold that a Messiah is going to come and going to have to be sacrificed. I didn't, prior to this week, shame on me, see a lot of scriptures where, where they actually pro- prophesy that he's going he's gonna to raise from the dead. And so I just, I made a, a little bit of a list here, uh, and, and it's, it's cool, maybe it's time for you to study a little bit later, or maybe, maybe just take my word for it, or maybe you already have it in your head, but just says in Hosea 6, 2, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. Okay, check. Jonah 1, 17, these guys talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Jonah's in the belly of the, the fish three days and three nights. Okay, and that's an allegory to Jesus, obviously. Psalm 16, 10, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. Saying you're not going to let someone who's faithful to you, you're not going to let their body decay. Then Genesis 22, we understand that on the third day, Abraham was called to sacrifice his son. And on the third day, Isaac was, was raised in that he didn't have to, to die. And there was, there was another sacrifice for him. And it's, it's all stuff that was prophesied from the beginning, that Jesus would raise from the dead. I, th- I think if this, and I'm, and I'm saying, honestly, as of, really, this is, this is probably the, the year that, more than any other year that I'm actually very excited about Easter, I should say. Not, not, I don't have like a negative view. I didn't never had a negative view of Easter. I really didn't. But it was just another day. A lot of times my, my view is that we're celebrating Jesus raising from the dead every Sunday. Really every day we're celebrating it. And, and that's true. I think there's a lot of truth to it. Don't get me wrong. But, but this year I, I've really tried to lean into, even leading up to it on the Good Friday, okay, let me lean in and let me embrace it. And then and let me embrace the week leading up. Uh, to Jesus' his, his death. Let me actually try to drink all of that in. And, and what I'm, I'm leaving with is that if, if this is not something that it excites you, I think it says something about you. I, I put before you this, this idea of resurrection and, and Jesus raising from the dead. We've heard it from society and we've, we understand it. It's something we grow up with so much so that I, I fear that it, it can kind of subdue the awe of it. That it's, it's an understood thing. Of course it happened. Okay, fine, cool. And then we go on with our, our day-to-day lives. This is something that should fire us up. This is something that as, as I sat with it, uh, I, I just became more joyful. Literally, just thinking about Jesus raising from the dead. You know, I, I, it's, it's true, right? The Packer season... First Packers season, I get so excited. I know they play a bunch of games. They play 17, well, they're going to play 17 games now. And I get excited for, and then playoffs. I get excited for everyone. And, and then you guys here, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, 
uh, last late at night, there was a, a big buzzer beater, you know, college basketball in the final four. And it was, there was a series of plays and it was exciting. And I got excited about that. How much more so should I be excited about Easter, about Jesus raising from the dead? Yeah, I, I, I would say don't let the world steal your joy without you realizing that it's stolen. Too often we go go about our day and the world steals our joy and we just give it up. We don't even realize that we lost it. Can't let the world steal our joy. Now I want to. We're gonna we're gonna keep reading here. Actually, there, there's this this little bit. Now this is where it gets it gets even it gets even cooler. It says that what I received I passed on to you as a first importance that he appeared to these people. And I'm not going to read all through, but he appeared to 500, it says, at the same time. Okay, so work with me here. Letter was written, let's say, conservatively. And actually, it was probably written before this, but let's say 55 AD, okay? Jesus died roughly 36 AD. That's a 19-year difference, okay? So he's writing this letter. There's a 19-year difference between Jesus. And so he's talking to people who you guys have seen it, or we know it happened. Some of you were there. Actually, a lot of you guys are still alive. I I did some math. So the life expectancy in that time was probably about 35, but that number was skewed by a really high uh, infant mortality rate. And so basically, if you grew, if you were older than the age of three, it was, it it was pretty likely you'd live until your late forties or fifties, uh, and if you had if you had money, it'd be even even later than that. I, I bring all of this up. I, I wonder if you're doing math in your head, but I know I just started doing math, and I, I was left with it. There's there's no way that if Paul wrote this, and if it was a lie, people would have just said, "No, we we were there. We know that his his body is still there." And yet they weren't able to say that. They were like, "No, this 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 didn't this did happen." You don't have to be really old to remember what what happened 20 years ago. You know, I, I if I were to ask you guys. Uh, who was elected president in, uh, in, well, I guess it'd be in 2001, technically. Uh, we all know the answer. The answer would be George Bush. And it's, uh, that's, and, and if I said, who did he run against? What would you guys say? Absolutely. We, and, and, and it, it'd be foolish for somebody to come, Marina, okay, I see. She, she, Marina's in history class. I'll tell you what. You know, it's, uh, oh, yeah, there you go. If, but if, if I were to say, guys, we all know that Ralph Nader won that election, you guys would, you guys would look at me like I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. It'd be nonsense. It happened 20 years ago, but, but yet it's, it's all on our minds. We all know what happened. This is what he's saying to them. He's saying, hey, you guys, you guys know he appeared to 500 people at the same time, the resurrected Lord. He says either you were there or you, or you trust someone who is, is what he's saying. You know, I, I, I'm inspired as we, as we look at this entirety of the gospel. Uh, it's, it's Spencer brought up the same scripture, actually. But we look at the entirety of the gospel, how powerful it is that Jesus, he died, he was buried, he rose again. Then he appeared to people and he, and he showed them the, the, the way to live. And he said, stay in the city. I'm going to clothe you with power. This was, a, this was a complete domination of the thing that scares so many people. And really, really the sin that brings death. Just a complete and utter, this is an absolute blowout. So powerful. 
you know, you, you think about this scripture, it's, it's Matthew 28, 6. It's, it's why we're fired up. It said, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Really, he, he is risen. It's such an inspiring reality that we can sit with and that we know is true and we, we can live like it's true every day, but today especially. Amen. Amen. I, I want to challenge us right now that as just as this week goes on to take a moment to assess where your joy level is at as it, as it relates to the cross, as it relates to Jesus resurrecting from the, the dead. And, and if it's not where, if it's not something you'd be proud to, to, to yell on the rooftops, then I would, I would challenge you to go ahead and take some time to read, talk to somebody, pray, call out to God to be inspired by this. Second thing I want to challenge you guys with is that today, and let's say just today, Every chance conversation you have, store, whatever, you know, you know, people in Michigan are just outrageously nice. Um, I didn't know that. And, and then I moved here and just I felt like I knew everybody or everyone knew me is how I felt. So, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I thought, at first I thought it was just the Stinettes that were nice. And then and I was like, ah, these guys are just very nice. And then and then I started meeting everyone. I'm like, well, no, everyone's very nice, actually. And so so that's it's, it's pretty inspiring. But I. Everyone that just says, hey, how, how are you? How are you doing? I want to challenge you guys to make it a spiritual conversation. I'm, I'm fired up. Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> this is, it's an, it is an awesome day. It's better because Jesus rose from the dead today. And, and just see what kind of conversation it has. Do it as much for your heart as for anybody else's. Amen? Let's not let the world steal our joy. Right now, uh, there, there's going to be a, a video that, that is shown, um, and this video is going to lead in to uh, com- time for communion. Um, I want to say anyone listening on Facebook Live, the, the title of it is Jesus is Loving Barabbas, and so watching live, I think it's going to show, but it, once it gets posted later, it probably won't. So we'll try to post the link later. Jesus is Loving Barabbas is the title of it. You can look it up on YouTube. Uh, and then what, what's going to happen, we're going to watch this video prepare our hearts for communion. And then after that, Bianca is going to uh, gonna pray for, uh, for communion. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.